day. I'm a child of God on my worst day. I'm a child of God. Oh, every day is a good day. And you're the reason why I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. Got this heartbeat in my chest. No, it doesn't matter about the rest. If I got you, Lord, I'm so Podcast. So we are here once again. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us again this um, this evening. So if you had an opportunity to catch last week's Searching for Love, we had our very first guest on the podcast, um, Apostle, Apostle, uh, <laughs> Prophet Dyron Adams. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm a preacher. No. Prophet. <laughs> Prophet Dyron Adams, our very first guest. Um, so, and it was an amazing, amazing show. So, we are very happy that he is on again. You guys ask, and we answered. So, here, Dyron is here again. Um, before we kind of dive into our um, part two of the podcast, we do have a birthday of one of our seven. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to celebrate her. Um, we honor her. We treasure her. We yes, appreciate we her sisterhood and friendship. Amen. She is none other than Antonia Schultz. So I uh, appreciate her. We just want to <laughs> celebrate her before we dive into um, part two of our Christianship podcast. Yes. So um, how's everybody day going so far? Good, good. Yeah, good. How's your <laughs> girl? 
It's good. I'm happy it's Thursday. <laughs> right? One more step. Friday Eve. Eve. So, um, without further ado, Dyron needs no introduction. Um, I think he became a. Uh, very famous to a lot of people on our podcast last week. So we are happy to have Dyron again, and I'm going to let him take it away. So <laughs> I think last week we ended with the manna, um, the what is this. Um, so Dyron's going to continue with that um, stream. So Dyron. Awesome. Thank you. And happy birthday. <laughs> Tony. To our Tony with the T. Tony yes. Tobu. Love you. <laughs> Yeah, we love her, honor her very, very much. And so it's an honor to be back. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's, it's really a joy to be a guest on the ship uh, again. So returning guest, that means a lot to me and Tamberly, so we want to thank you for that. And we did end last week with a great question from Bishop uh, Renisha about the manna and the season of going through things with, that just kind of make you say, what is this? That's literally what manna means. The, the word manna in Hebrew means what is this? Where did this come from even? And so we kind of stopped with that and we ran out of time. And so I want to pick up there. And anytime you guys want to jump in, please jump in. I don't want to do all of the talking. We need to hear from your powerful perspectives <laughs> as well. It's very needed and relevant. So the, the manna fell in the wilderness, right? That's where it was. So this wilderness is a place, not of punishment, but of preparation, okay? So it's about being prepared. Now, we're talking about finding real love, and in real love, the, the Bible tells us that God chastens or he corrects, he refines who he loves, right? So to step into the love of God and step into the actual authentic love of the Almighty, it's to step into a perpetual process of being refined by his perfect love. Because he loves us too much to leave us where we are, yeah. and he loves us too much to just leave us in this unrefined, undeveloped, raw state mm -hmm. or status. And so he's constantly bettering us, expanding us, and refining us. <clears throat> so... I probably painted it a little bit too negative in a negative light, the wilderness aspect, but the wilderness or the exile is not a bad place at all. It's a necessary place. It's a good place. Now, good in Hebrew gets really cool because good means, literally in Hebrew it means this, to be connected to purpose. That's what good means. So if it connected me to purpose, it was good. It might have been painful, but it was good. Mm -hmm. Childbirth is good, but nobody that's given birth just said amen. Right. Never. <laughs> nobody. Not one of these mothers in here said amen. At because all. why? It it's hurts. Painful. It hurts. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's painful, painful mm -hmm. I'm told. So <laughs> no uterus, no opinion, right? But I'm told it's exceedingly painful. Yes. And so, but it's good because it's procreation. It's the ultimate uh, part of life where you're, you're giving birth to the next generation. If there's going to be a future, it's going to come from the present. And so this is a very powerful thing. It's good because it's the ultimate purpose. So also, it hurts. There's a great story of a Holocaust survivor, uh, a lady, and a rabbi was talking to her, and she was also in a conversation with a very young person who had been to some ashrams in India and kind of in this search, this existential crisis type of search to find herself. <clears throat> and she was in these ashrams in India studying and, and Hindu philosophies and all these things. And they were asking her about Auschwitz. And she said, Auschwitz, 
was not that bad. And they stopped and said, what are you talking about? Auschwitz was not that bad. It's one of the worst concentration camps in, in the entire Holocaust. She said, no, it was a good place. Very fascinating. She said, now where you were, that was a bad place. She said, because that was just about you. But in Auschwitz, we lived for each other. I loved my sisters. I was there for them. And we made our existence about each other and not ourself. So Auschwitz was not so bad. But where you were trying to discover yourself and making everything about you, that was a bad place. That's what the, the, the older Jewish lady said, the that's elder. That's a back-to-back perspective. That's, too. yes, Standing very powerful. It, yeah. it blew my mind when a rabbi shared, uh, a friend of mine shared that story with me because that really helps us kind of encapsulate this idea of good in the eyes of God. So mm-hmm. good in the eyes of God is that I'm developed through it. Remember we said last week he's never going to deliver me from what he's developing me developing through. Yes. So to him it's the development in the process that's mm-hmm. the most important thing. But as soon as he sees he, that we are developing he removes us mm-hmm. so i had a mentor of mine uh, dr jill jeffers tell me this one time he said if you're cooking a chicken or a turkey or anything you have in the oven mm-hmm. when it's done you take it out mm-hmm. if the recipe says an hour but it's done in 45 minutes you don't leave it an extra 15 it minutes because yeah. you've got a crispy bird you can't even eat the thing it's right. burnt yeah. so as soon as it's developed and prepared you take it out mm-hmm. he said god is looking at you i was going through a deep process at that time And he said, God is looking at you, and as soon as you develop, he's going to remove you from it. But he's not going to deliver you from it because he's developing you through it. So the good is being connected to purpose. The process is very important in our development by the perfect love of God. That's real authentic love that develops us and takes time to be intentional in that process. Because I'm not ready for the promise if I'm not made ready by the process. So I have to be made ready by the process or I'm not ready for the promise. So he develops us so his blessings will not destroy us. So it brings us to a verse I want to share real quick. Proverbs 13 and 12. One of my favorite verses. God's been dealing with me a lot about kind of the deeper meanings of this particular verse. And it simply says this, and many of you know it. It's, it's a common verse. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Mm-hmm. And then there's a comma. Right? So there's a pause. Mm -hmm. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. So you get the hope, you get the vision, you hear from God about what he wants to do in your life, and then there is a pause. Mm -hmm. And the pause is the pain of the process. Mm -hmm. And what I want to tell some of our listeners tonight is, you haven't been perfect in the pause, but I have very good news for you, nobody is. Right. Mm-hmm. Nobody's perfect during the pause because it's a process of developing us and refining us. And no one is perfect. No one has a perfect performance during that time. But the pause ends. The process has an end date. And what God has been talking to me about for mm-hmm. this year is he's moving us beyond and past the pause. Mm-hmm. From the heart being sick and the heart sickness of the hope being deferred and the eating the constant diet of what is this why am i going through this which we'll get into later he's moving us beyond and past that Mm -hmm. into a place where the desire is coming Mm -hmm. his mind is manifesting the vision is happening and it's going to become a tree of life meaning it's not just for us Mm -hmm. it's for those around us we're blessed to be a blessing and so that's kind of where 
God has been taking me and showing me that in his perfect love, in his real love, as the episode is entitled, we find that he always is so kind and gentle in the process, but he is always taking us from glory to glory and from level to level and from dimension to dimension. That's what's beautiful about it. That verse that says, in my father's house there are many mansions, in the original language it's many thresholds. That just means there's many doorways. Mm-hmm. Does it mean physical mansions for everyone? Why do I need a mansion in heaven when I'm with him? Why do I need a physical mansion? Mm-hmm. That's talking about thresholds and places of development. So it's very similar to the glory to glory. So in my father's house, there are many places, rooms, and doors and dimensions that I want to take you. Yeah. And I'm going to develop you through them. And that's perfect love that does that. That's authentic love that does that. So in that, we get to this concept from the wilderness and exile another word for that is the hiding place the wilderness or the hiding or the exile uh, both so either okay. one it kind of synonymous because both are you feel hidden right you feel mm-hmm. like you're a little bit you can feel neglected honestly you can feel like yeah. left behind you can feel like you were benched and you don't know why mm-hmm. you know you can you feel all these different you get all in your feels in the process that's kind of what it's about so the hiding place <laughs> is in in hebrew is seter mistor all right so think about the last part of that word mistor it sounds like the word mystery Mystery, because it's where we get the word mystery Mm -hmm. so this hebrew word is literally where we get the word mystery so hiding in hebrew the root of the word also means to love fervently Mm -hmm. so he hides me because he loves me fervently that's good and he's developing (laughs) me So the first thing I need to know about love, if I'm ever going to understand love and if I'm ever going to be able to operate and flow in actual, authentic, biblical love, I need to understand his love first to me Mm -hmm. so that I can release that to someone else. Mm -hmm. I can never release what I do not understand. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to be able to release perfect love, if I'm going to be able to release the love of God, I have to first understand it. And so I have to look at what he's done in my life and how kind he's been and how gentle he's been. And how powerful he has uh, transformed me through various thresholds, right? Or dimensions, levels of exponential growth. So this mistor and hiding place is very interesting. Because why is the word mystery? What is the word mystery doing? And the word for hiding place. It doesn't make a lot of sense uh, initially until I look a little bit more deeply into it. And here's what it means. It's what the Lord helped me with very recently. When I can live with mystery... I can be trusted with the mysteries of his heart and his kingdom. That's good. Mm-hmm. But I have to be able to live with mystery. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Yeah. What, what is that? How do I live with mystery? It means that I don't ask him for an explanation as to why I'm going through what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Because oh I trust him. <laughs> now, we hit that a little bit last week, but I wanted to just brush over it a little bit again with this mistore word. Because God is very, very keen to look and watch and to assess how much mystery I can live with, how much manna I can eat without complaining. He's watching that. He's looking at that. And so this mystery is very powerful. It's a very powerful component. If I can live with mystery, I can be trusted with mystery. So my why, because that's what I'm doing. I'm asking God, why? Why am I going through this? I'm demanding some type of explanation. It means I haven't matured. I still need to grow. I still need to level up. I still need to develop. My why has to bow to my who. Mm. So when I've fallen in love with him and I know who guides my life, why ceases to come forth from my mouth. 
I don't have to ask why because I trust who. So the why has bowed to the who. And when that happens, then we can trust and he can trust me or us with the mysteries of his kingdom. So the more mystery I can live with without getting angry, upset, or disillusioned or jaded with God, the more mystery he can trust me with. Mm. It's very interesting. And sometimes the thing that keeps me going the most is the stuff I don't know. (laughs) It really is. It's the thing that keeps me going the most. What I don't know. There's a lot I don't know, but he does. There are many things that are beyond me, but there's nothing that is beyond him. And so the things that I don't know and didn't know or could not have predicted and did not see coming, when I look back in my life, it's like there's a lot that I didn't know. There's a lot that I wouldn't have predicted. There's a lot that I never saw coming. And that's the stuff that keeps me going in the future because I know there's more of that coming my way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So, Derek, I question, because when mm-hmm. you say the don't ask God why, yeah. it's not necessarily not asking God any question. Sure, it's, of course. It's not asking God the why going through a trial and why you're putting me through it. Right? Yes, so the question okay. would shift to instead of why are you putting me through this, which is yeah. kind of like from a perspective of anger, which God can handle our right, questions. Right. It's not like he's scared. One thing God is not is scared. Period. So my question shifts from why am I going through this to what do you want me to learn in this? Right. Mm-hmm. What part of you is this going to create in me? Right? Mm-hmm. What part of what part of your nature is this going to cause to be imparted to me? Because mm-hmm. the point of his love and development is to become more like him. Yeah. So my question just shifts. You're very right. It's not that questions are wrong, they're not. Right. Questions are very good. Right. Questions are very acceptable. The Psalms are full of questions and honestly complaints as well. Mm-hmm. You know, David was a, a man after God's own heart, and he still is complaining Asking a little bit. A you know, questions. I mean, he gets in his feels a little Asking bit in, in the Psalms. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not that God can't handle the questions or he gets mad. Right. It's it, it's perfectly fine to ask him questions. It's mm-hmm. not okay at any point to question him. Right. Okay. That's when the why bows to the who. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not that I can no longer ask him anything. He likes it when we do. Mm-hmm. It's that it shifts to okay, what do you want to talk to me about in this moment? Mm-hmm. Instead of coming to him in my prayer and monologuing all the time, yeah. stopping and just talking to him about what I want to say or what I feel, I stop and say, okay, what do you want to say to me? Mm-hmm. And you find he wants to talk about things that we weren't talking about. That's mm-hmm. what I was going to say. Yeah. It means nothing about how I brought it to prayer. He's like, well, what are you, what are you wanting to hear from me as mm-hmm. opposed to everything that I want to throw at his feet? Absolutely. <laughs> right. What part of you do you want to impart to me? In this process, because yeah. any trial you go through that makes you look more like him on the other side of it mm-hmm. was 100% worth it. So that's the point of development is mm-hmm. that my nature is dying and I'm taking on his. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the part of, that's that's the point of a trial. That's the point of uh, pain is that on the other side of it, I come out less of me mm-hmm. and more of him. Which is what John said. I need to decrease so that you can increase. So there needs to be less of me, much more of you. That's living in the supernatural. That's living, you know, in the overflow. Yeah. So I guess I kind of have a question, too. Yes. Um, (laughs) So while you are waiting and, you know, you're not getting your answer, and Mm. especially when it comes to single people, like with waiting on love, like what does that look like? Like how do you wait? What are you supposed to do in that time? (coughs) That's a good question. Yeah, great question. I always default to back to Adam and Eve, Mm -hmm. worship while you wait, 
Mm-hmm. Spend time with him while you wait. Mm-hmm. Obsess over him while you wait. Mm-hmm. It's the best thing we can do. It's, it's not always what you want to do. Mm-hmm. It's not what you're going to feel like doing all the time. Mm-hmm. But it's the best possible thing we can do. Worship while you wait. If you're in the hallway and the door isn't open, worship while you're in the hallway mm-hmm. until he opens the door. Mm. Don't just don't sit. You know, we, we get into the, we can default into these things where we get we get upset, we get angry, we start taking on victimhood or victim mentality. We feel victimized, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. why me? Yeah. We we slip into comparison, mm-hmm. which is anti wisdom. Yeah. So comparison is anti wisdom. The Bible tells us that he who compares <laughs> himself you know, to others among themselves is not wise. So that yeah. means it's mm-hmm. the definition of anti-wisdom is to compare myself to others. Mm-hmm. So the word for human being in Hebrew, when you break it down, it literally means this, to be compared to God. Mm-hmm. So comparison we were created for, mm-hmm. but we get it out of alignment, and we start comparing ourselves among ourselves instead of comparing ourselves to him. So, for instance, I'll be in the, you know, in a in a line at a grocery store, or a mall, or wherever. I'm in a queue. I'm waiting to, you know, check out, and I see magazines, and I see these dudes on there, and they're just bodybuilders, and they're ripped, and their arms are perfect, and their shoulders are perfect, and you know, lats and traps are perfect. And instantly, you're like, I don't look like that. Right. I'm sure women do the same <laughs> thing, know. right? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't look like that. Do. I don't look like Chris Hemsworth. You know, I don't look like Henry Cavill. You know, I don't, I don't look like that. And so it starts to, it starts to wear on you. You start to feel less than. You start to feel inferior. Yeah. We were created for comparison, but not to be compared to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were, we were created to be compared to Him. Now, why is that the most perfect setup? Here's why. He's so loving and good and kind. That when I compare myself to him, he will never let me feel inferior. Mm, that's good. If I compare myself to you know actors and bodybuilders or whatever physically, then I'm going to feel inferior quickly right. and I, I super like quick. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm totally missing the mark. So, but when I compare myself to him, he's so loving and kind. He comes to me and he does not allow me to feel inferior. Mm-hmm. And when I compare myself to him, he's so perfect as well that I'm not allowed to feel superior. So it's actually the perfect scenario. I, I compare myself to him. He's so good and perfect. I'm never going to feel like, man, I'm just really crushing it right now. You know? right. And then you get this false sense of like how you're doing. You get this false sense of security. Or you start to feel better than others, which is never of God at any point. And that obviously is unbalanced. But when I compare myself to him, he's so perfect and amazing. I'm never yeah. going to feel that. I'm also never going to feel inferior. So it's a beautiful thing. So worship while you wait. And let God bring them to you. So get lost so much in him that just like Adam, you wake up with him and there they are. Mm. Mm -hmm. When God brought Tamberly and I together, (laughs) I wasn't looking for a girlfriend. I sure wasn't looking for a wife. Yeah. Okay. I really wasn't. I, I I was not looking for that at all. But looking? Sorry. I don't know if she was or not. I, I'd let her answer that. <laughs> She's shaking her head no, so I'm, I'm going to go no on that. 
<laughs> so we weren't really looking for that. But here's what we were looking for. Mm -hmm. I was on a journey to get closer to God. To God. Okay. I was yeah. on a journey out of drugs, mm -hmm. out of multiple overdoses, mm -hmm. out of years of drug abuse. It started mm -hmm. when I was 12 years old. Mm -hmm. So I was on my way out of that lifestyle into a lifestyle of trying to learn kingdom culture and yeah. trying to learn him, mm -hmm. finding him. So as I found him, mm -hmm. he helped me connect to his will for my life, his That's mind right. over my life. Wow. And then we just looked up and there she was yeah. and there I was. Right. That's right. Yeah. So when you're trying to find him, when you find him, you're also going to find the things that he has for you. Right. And that's a beautiful thing. So mm -hmm. you'll never waste time worshiping while you wait. Yeah. You'll never waste time developing, trying to get more like him. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. never a waste of time. It is always profitable and it's always powerful. And then you'll wake up one day and you'll realize he just slowly and just low key brought everything into your life that leads to his perfect will for your life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful thing. That's why there's the nobody other like thing it. I think I like because what you mentioned was you were on a path and you were seeking after God. And then, of course, Tam was and God aligned you two together for a purpose. Yes. Right. Because yes. he knew what he wanted you to do. And then he mm -hmm. knew what Tam, you know, and it's mm -hmm. aligning together for a purpose. I like that because I think Absolutely. oftentimes when we're kind of walking through this journey, mm -hmm. we're just like, we just want a husband. I just want a wife. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's no purpose yeah. behind it. Right. There's really no desire of <coughs> I want God's there's will. There's no divine purpose behind right. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. So I like that. <coughs> yeah. You're trying to escape loneliness. Right. You're trying, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, you're trying to escape, and I, I understand. I mean, you're, you're trying to escape all of those things. What happens mm -hmm. is I start moving in desperation, and like mm -hmm. we mentioned, when I'm moving in desperation, <laughs> you find Wahala. Yeah, yeah. You find dry places. Right. You find trouble. Yeah, Wahala for sure. So you right. find you find dry places, mm -hmm. yeah. and you're never going to find the will of God in dry places, right? right? So, so mm -hmm. evil spirits look for dry places. It's mm -hmm. their habitat. That's where they like to look. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's all connected to his purpose mm -hmm. for my life. So I, I fully believe I would have never met her mm -hmm. had I not surrendered to the will of God for my life. Mm -hmm. Right. Never right. would have met her. Mm -hmm. And God That's has a, a very wise way of changing things. Yeah. When I asked her to marry me, I was pre-med and I was on my way to being a doctor. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny, right? Now it is. 21 years later, it's actually hilarious. So I was – it wasn't until we were engaged or we were married already, babe. Engaged. Mm -hmm. Okay. Deep into our engagement, we weren't engaged very long. We started dating <laughs> tomorrow, February the 2nd, is our 22nd Aww. dating anniversary. So speaking of real love. Happy crazy. anniversary. Thank you, T. Yeah. This made me feel old as dirt. Oh, that's sorry. amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to go hang myself. So <laughs> – Tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow is our 22nd dating anniversary. So we got married November the 9th. So from February to November, we were, we were married. That was the d dating, courting, whatever you want to call it, process. <clears throat> so somewhere in that engagement period, God called me into the ministry. And Which I didn't drop out of college. She was definitely I mean, she not looking. looking for a preacher. No. <laughs> That's why it's funny. So she asked me. While we were dating, before I asked her to marry me, she said, are you a preacher? And I'm like, no. no. Like, what time is it? I've only been off drugs like 12 hours. Right. Like, what, what, you mean, what do you mean preacher? So, yeah, I was like, no, I'm not Perfect. a preacher at all. So, so she, and her response was very good because <laughs> I don't want one of those. 
so you know uh, God has such a wise way of just you know slipping one past us and so then into the engagement after we're in love and you know I was doing well in college I enjoyed college I enjoyed the challenge and everything was going that direction I'm not saying I would have been a doctor because I still would have had to have made it right but I was on the track to be that mm-hmm. and he switches it <laughs> switches it so I don't know if you know this, but doctors and preachers don't have the same salary range. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not even all. remotely close. Yeah, not even remotely close. So, <coughs> yeah. And she's testifying to the reality of that statement right now. And on our wedding, it's really funny. There was a very wealthy friend of her parents uh, that came to the wedding because they thought she was marrying a, a doctor, right? And during the wedding... Uh, our pastor, uh, Pastor Nathan Scoggins, San Antonio, Texas, who we love dearly, he uh, <laughs> he was mentioning you know ministry and being a preacher and stuff, and the the, the wife of uh, this individual came up to her after the wedding and said, "Honey, what happened? I thought you were marrying a doctor." She was like devastated that she was marrying a preacher. Yeah. So God is a very funny. Humor comes from him. Yeah. Yes. He has a very funny way of of yes, weaving his will into our life. Mm-hmm. Yes. But only when we're ready to accept it. Mm-hmm. When we first got engaged, if I said preacher, not doctor, she might have said no, not yes. So God has a way of weaving his will into our lives, but only when we're ready. His timing is perfect because he invented time. So yeah. his timing is always perfect and beautiful. And so that, that's, that's what he does. But you'll never waste time waiting on the Lord. Never. You'll never waste time worshiping while you wait. That's good. I hope that's helpful. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really very good. helpful. You know, um, and a lot of times, wait, I forgot where I was going. Never mind. <laughs> but no just like yeah waiting and you know you hear like growing up a church saying, wait on the lord you're like i'm waiting yeah, yeah. i have been waiting <laughs> yeah. you get angry at the way it's yeah and, and, and that's like? the that's the weakness of the that's the weakness of the of the english language too because waiting so that word friends. in hebrew means to wrap myself around him so that's when I say worship while you wait, because to wait on the Lord, those that wait upon the Lord, right, shall, shall rise up, renew their strength, become like eagles. So what that means, it doesn't mean sitting idle. That's good. It means weaving myself around him, weaving myself closer to him, binding myself to him. That's why I say worship when you wait, because in Hebrew, that's the same thing. The word it means all of that together because Hebrew describes reality for us. That That's yeah. literally the power of the language. And so what it means to wait on him is to wrap myself around his promises, his goodness, his perfect love. So I'm wrapping myself around him. I'm not just sitting idle. I'm not just waiting. I'm worshiping. Yeah. So worship while you wait. Because in Hebrew, you can't wait without worship. That's good. So that's that's why it gets really good it gets really powerful you know when you wait on him but to just say it in english oh sister just wait on the lord right. that's not encouraging <laughs> that's it doesn't help at mm. all you know it, it, especially it, when it's like the older mothers and they're like i've been waiting on the lord <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so i'm gonna yeah. be and i see how good that was for you yeah so great Sometimes they're marriage angry. by 75 right <laughs> <laughs> and their countenance has fallen just a little bit because they just look angry bit. in the waiting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, well, that doesn't Because they waited no. without worship. 
Come on. Yeah. 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 And in the original language language of the Bible, you can't even do that. It's not even possible. Mm -hmm. You have to worship while you wait Mm -hmm. because that is the definition of waiting is to wrap myself around him, Mm -hmm. bind myself to him, weave myself into him. That's real good. So when you do that, he weaves his will into your Mm -hmm. life to where it manifests on time when he knows you would be willing to accept it, to embrace it. And to walk with it. Just like she, God knew exactly when to call me. Come on now. <laughs> yes. He knew exactly when to call me into ministry. Yes. And it was not right when I asked her to marry me. Right. She had to think I was going to be a doctor first. <laughs> and God's like, watch this. <laughs> watch this. You're going to be poor. <laughs> so that, that's, that's what he does. So it's, it's, that's why there's nobody like him. And there's yeah. nothing greater or better that you can surrender or submit your life to than his sovereignty. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. That's why I say all the time, it's a, a motto, a mantra of mine, is that his sovereignty is my security. Mm-hmm. That That's what makes me feel safe is the fact that he is a sovereign over us. That's why I can sleep at night. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff going on in my life even now I can't figure out and I don't understand but he is sovereign over us, and that's why I can sleep this? at night. Yeah. Because yes. mm-hmm. his sovereignty is my security, right? Mm-hmm. So. <coughs> She's over there still laughing that I'm not a doctor. Um, I, I kind of, I think I do. I think I do have something to say. But I don't know. It kind of reminds me, like, when you were talking about um, surrendering and the whole process of waiting. And sometimes it could be like, okay, God. I'm waiting. I don't know what to do. And then you start like all these things you're going, you're thinking about. Um, and it reminded me of a video that I recently just watched. She was talking about how whenever you're in the process of waiting, God will irritate your flesh, mm. you know? Mm. So at that point you want to, you want to do the things that your flesh is desiring, mm-hmm. but God is like trying to see, I'm doing this. I'm trying to see what you, if you're going to surrender, if you're going to mm. give it Trust to me. Him. Yeah, mm-hmm. or if, if you're going to trust me. Mm-hmm. So it kind of made me think about that, and I was like, yeah, because I, <laughs> I know a lot of times, especially as a young person, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. when God is irritating your flesh, you're like, oh, Lord, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, it, but it also helps, like, I know you were talking about how he loves us so mm-hmm. in a gentle way. It helps yes. knowing that he loves us in that gentle way that I'm like, okay, God, I trust you. And mm-hmm. I can surrender this to you. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's Very good. good. Yeah. He'll, he'll often, he uses eagles a lot. I don't know why, but he uses eagles a lot. And what a mother eagle will do is, is make the nest uncomfortable. Mm. Yep. So that so that the the babies will will fly mm-hmm. instead of stay in the nest and become dependent upon her and therefore mm-hmm. become weak. Mm. And oftentimes, sometimes the, the the mother eagle will push yep. one of the babies outside of the nest mm-hmm. and it falls it fall. yeah yeah and you know why because the eagle the mother eagle understands that she can fly faster than the baby can fall mm. wow so even if they don't figure it out she can still catch him yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. because she can fly faster than he can fall yeah so I didn't know that it's part. that's that's part of the irritation of the flesh mm-hmm. is to get us to move sometimes mm-hmm. you know yeah. Yeah. get us to move yeah absolutely so many times mm-hmm. god was uh, you know we've been full-time in, in speaking engagements for a long time we started at the end of 20 2007 and sometimes 
God would rip the schedule out from under my feet so that he could get me on my knees before mm. him where mm. he wanted me to be. Because yeah. when your schedule's full all the time, it, all of a sudden you don't have time to pray. And so God's like, okay, watch this. Yeah. And your schedule will evaporate, and now you've got plenty of time to pray. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that's the most powerful thing that you can do. That's better than a full schedule because you're mm -hmm. actually being developed into a more powerful version of yourself yeah. because you're spending so much time with him. Yeah. And so he has a way of making that nest uncomfortable. That It's to yeah. get us into, to move us into a place of action mm -hmm. that will trigger and become a catalyst for transformation. Yeah. And that's why he does it. I know I was talking to um, Sister Veronica, Jordan's mom. Yeah, I love her. And um, I know I love her too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, we were talking, I think she also has it in her book, um, because we were talking about like my schedule and like my prayer time and et cetera. And she said for her, because we, we always kind of say, oh, I don't have time to pray because my mm -hmm. day is filled with work or it's filled with mm -hmm. my kids or it's filled with yeah. clothes and it's filled with laundry and it's filled with this. Mm -hmm. And she said what she, what she ended up doing was changing her perspective and said, no, I don't have time to do laundry because I have to pray. There you go. And I don't have yeah. time to do the dishes because I have to pray. <coughs> you know, and yep. I was like, that makes sense, you yeah. know, because I, I will wake up in the morning sometimes, and I think everybody has experienced this where you fall asleep praying. I mean, mm -hmm. I, yeah. I am, you yeah. know, but mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're there. And then all of a sudden you're like sleepy, you know, mm -hmm. but I, I was it's explaining okay. to her, you know, I wake up and then midway through I'm frustrated because God, I want to be faithful and I want to, but then I'm falling asleep mm -hmm. and it's, it's okay. because yeah. I didn't manage the time the night before. Cause I stayed up too late mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. to try to finish, you know, so many other things, but I like how she gave that. And I said, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. You, you're. Your life revolves around your prayer. Your prayer does yeah. not revolve around your life. So right. it doesn't just get in where right. it fits in, right? Mm -hmm. Don't feel bad about falling asleep, though, because here's uh, – Bill Johnson helped me with this greatly. He made this statement. You never get mad at your kids when they fall asleep in your arms. Yes. Mm -hmm. Never. Like not one that. time. That's what I was asking. So I'm reading, my, I'm reading my Bible, right? I'm reading my Bible, and I get sleepy. Don't get upset about that. God's right. not angry at you. Right. When you read his word, peace comes upon you. Mm -hmm. Guess what you were missing throughout the day? Peace. Oh, my God. I need So when you read his word and you spend time <laughs> at his feet in prayer, yeah. all of a sudden I get sleepy. It's not because I'm mm -hmm. lazy. It's because his peace mm -hmm. is rocking me to come sleep. On. So just like your baby falls asleep in your arms and you don't get mad at it, right. he's not mad at you because you fell asleep. Right. He's not mad at you because you started to read the Bible and then you fell asleep and didn't finish your chapter. He lets you rest, yeah. and he just watches you sleep. Because that's what you do to your baby, you know? When, yeah. when it, you rock it to sleep in your arms, you're watching it. You're loving it. It's a sacred, <laughs> special thing, and it's the same thing like with him. So it's, it's very, very powerful. Sidebar. I don't know if y'all have ever been to um, the Adam's house before. Mm -hmm. It's very peaceful. Yes, I fall is. asleep every time. <laughs> I go take your shoes off, kick back, get a cover. So peace will make yeah. you sleepy. Yeah, in fact, she does do that. Yeah, it's funny. She's got her. She's got her little gold, our gold chair in the front room. We know if we're hanging out and talking, and we ain't seen Queen T in a while. We know where she is. Asleep. She's asleep in the gold chair. Yeah. So thank God for that. That means a lot to us because we want people to to feel it's His peace. It's certainly not ours. So. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to bring hope to somebody because I don't want to spend too much time on the exile and all that. So I want to yes, jump real yes. quick to Joshua 5 and 12 because I know time is, is running short. Joshua 5 and 12 says this, then the manna ceased. All right. I want to tell somebody you need to hear this. This won't be for everyone, yes, but it'll God. be for multiple someones. Okay. Mm -hmm. The manna ceased mm -hmm. 
on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. Mm-hmm. All right, God is kind. Get manna one more day, even though you're in the promise. And then it stops. The manna ceased, and the children of Israel no longer had manna. They no longer had, what is this? Mm. They no longer said, why are we going through this? Mm. The manna ceased, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. Mm. I want to prophesy to somebody watching this right now. now. You're going to eat the food and the fruit of the land of your promise this year. It's not a five-year thing. It's not a 10-year thing. You've been through the hurt. You've been through the trial. You've been through the pain. It's a this-year thing. It's a 2024 thing. You're going to eat the fruit of the land and the food of the land of Canaan this year. This is exponential growth, okay? Because what was manna? Manna was day by day. It spoiled within 24 hours, the commentaries tell us. So manna was the daily bread. I got enough for right now. I got enough just for today. Yeah. Okay, we're in that right now concerning provision. So you got enough just for today, and you're getting by. It's not abundance. It's daily manna. It's just enough for today's bills, today's food, and today's needs. But your Joshua 5 and 12 is coming upon you where the manna ceases The day-by-day provision stops, Mm -hmm. and you enter into the fruit and the food of your promise in the land of Canaan, and now you go from daily provision or the dimension of daily provision into the dimension of vineyards, barns, and silos, Mm -hmm. which is abundance and overflow. Vineyards you didn't even plant, fields you did not toil and work in. And so this is abundance. This is generational blessing. And this is your blessed to now be a blessing. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Instead of always needing a blessing. Yes, God. Instead of waiting on that zale all day. <laughs> now you're sending on, the cash app. Now yes. you're sending zale. You're searching right. for cash tags to look come for so that you can bless people. You're not just waiting for it all day to come in. Like, God, please, you know My what's going on. You know that bill's due. So the land of Canaan. You're moving into that. It's a this year thing. Somebody needs to hear it. Again, it's not for everyone, but it'll be for quite a few people who've been in it and been in the process. But here's the beautiful part. Manna, what is this, right? It was sustained, a steady diet in the exile, in the development, in the process of what is this. The first letter of manna is mem, which means radical transformation. Right? She's got her cash tag. <laughs> I'm still in the wilderness, and here's my cash tag right here. Y'all let me know if y'all need me to put it in there. So mem, manna, it's like an M sound, right? So manna, it literally means this, radical transformation. Mm -hmm. Not just slow transformation. Not incremental transformation. Exponential transformation. So living with the mystery the manna, living with the what is this without losing my mind, mm. living with the mystery was creating transformation the whole time they were eating it. Wow. So as they're eating the manna, what's the first letter of what they're eating? Transformation. Mm. Future transformation. So the whole time they think they're just getting by day by day, God is transforming them and preparing them and walking them into a place of supernatural radical transformation. Mm-hmm into abundance so every time they ate the manna and the manna was beautiful 
if you wanted something sweet, sometimes you want something sweet, like them crumble cookies over there <laughs> have been looking good since I walked in this studio. Sometimes you want something sweet, and the manna tasted sweet. But sometimes you don't want something sweet. You want something salty. You want mm. something savory. Mm. And when you wanted something savory, the manna tasted savory. Wow. It went with what your appetite was craving. God fed you what you were craving because he's that good Come on. so the manna is very powerful and supernatural it's a wonderful time. that's why i say it's not bad it's good okay mm-hmm. so but that first letter mem the whole time they didn't know it but the what was about transformation mm-hmm. the what is this was the very thing feeding the transformation on the inside of me and i never knew it mm-hmm. that's the power of it that's why you can say his sovereignty is my security mm-hmm. wow. so it's very powerful so living with mystery created the transformation and the more what i can eat the more radical my transformation becomes mm. wow so the more mystery i can live with the more mystery i'm trusted with that's the correlation that's the connection because when they complained about the manna remember what happened mm-hmm. fiery serpents showed up mm-hmm. when they had the nerve and the audacity com- to complain about the provision in the wilderness right. this daily stuff's not enough yeah. I'm tired of living on a miracle. I've got miracle fatigue. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> I wow. always need a miracle. Mm. None of these things yeah. can I pay ahead of time. <laughs> they mm. come right on time, right? right? You get this miracle fatigue. But don't complain about it. Mm. Don't complain about the manna. Don't be caught doing that. Because when, when they did, mm. Israel did that, fiery serpents came in and they had to yeah. be delivered. They had to repent. They had to be delivered from that. But just know... Just keep eating the manna. It's transforming you. God is providing that transforming element in the day by day. What even is this? Why am I going through this? It's transformative. Mm -hmm. He doesn't waste anything in your life. He doesn't waste a trial. He doesn't waste pain. He's too good for that. Mm -hmm. So he always, in his perfect love, real love, which is what we're talking about, he Mm -hmm. always brings in those transforming agents, even though we don't realize it at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that exile, the season of what is this, here's the other thing it did. Let God do this. Okay? Let him do this. The other thing the exile was about was removing the ones from mm-hmm. among them that could not inherit the promise. Come on. That's what it was about. Shaking in trees. <laughs> there, were, there was an entire generation of people in Israel mm-hmm. that God said, you're not coming into the promised land. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I'm going to keep you circling until I cleanse Mm -hmm. the connections of my people. And when I'm cleansing the connections of my people, I'm rooting Mm -hmm. out the ones that can't go with you into Mm -hmm. your promise. So I'm disconnecting the ones that would bring you down. I'm disconnecting the ones that I won't do the miracle in front of. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of it. That's why the Lord said in another place, sit down at the table. I'm going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. They can't be seated at your table. They just have to stand. You've got to let God remove them. Mm -hmm. Some things, some alignments, and some connections have to die Mm -hmm. so that what God intended Mm -hmm. can arise from the ashes of what had been. That's what has to happen. So the whole time they're in the wilderness, God's removing the ones among them that could not walk with them in the promise and could not Mm -hmm. go with them to the next level. Let God remove the connections and alignments, relationships, whatever it is, in your life that he cannot bring with you to the next level. Mm. Let him remove them. And if we're still eating manna, we know God's still cleansing our circle. And he's still cleansing our connections. Let him do it. You'll never regret it. 
And then Isaiah 40, last verse for now. We're running out of time. Isaiah 40 says this, Isaiah 40, verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak consolingly of Jerusalem and proclaim to her. Now, this is a prophetic word for somebody right now. Please receive this. Proclaim to her that their period of exile has been completed. And their iniquity has been forgiven. It's been completed. It's been forgiven. Don't lament the fact that you weren't perfect in the process. Nobody is. You were not what you did. Mm-hmm. All right, what you did in the process in one moment of weakness or whatever it might have been, that's, that does not define you. Mm-hmm. What did God say to Adam and Eve when he found them after sin, after they fell? Mm-hmm. They said, we are uncovered. Yeah. Yes. And he said, who told you you were uncovered? You. Yeah. You're telling me you're uncovered because sin and the serpent is telling you you're yeah. uncovered. Mm-hmm. But I did not call you that mm-hmm. because I know I'm about to cover you. So God defined them not by who they were mm-hmm. or what they did. He defined them by what he was about to do in their life. Wow. He never called them uncovered because he was about to make a sacrifice and create clothes for them and cover them mm-hmm. himself. So you aren't what you did. That's right, not what right. God is defining you as. Remember in Hebrew, <clears throat> the adjective can never come before the noun. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's not possible. Yeah. Here's what that means. Jesus never saw an adulterous woman. Mm-hmm. In Hebrew, the adjective can't be placed before the noun. God never saw a blind man. Mm. God never saw, nor does he see, a divorce e. Mm-hmm. He can't even in his mind put a sentence together that would come up with a blind man mm-hmm. or an adulterous woman. Mm-hmm. What Jesus saw was a woman temporarily in adultery, and he mm. was about to change and alter the adjectives over mm. her life. He saw a man or a woman temporarily Mm -hmm. addicted, and he was about to change that status Mm -hmm. of addiction. That's Mm -hmm. what he does. Mm -hmm. He he completely walks in in perfect love, and he does not see you or define you by what you've done. Mm -hmm. You haven't been perfect in the pause, and no one else has either. But now God's about to completely transition you and walk with you through a threshold into your promise. Mm And that is what he's doing. Your exile has been completed. Mm-hmm. God stands ready to perform his work. Yes. Wow. wow. Well, let the church say amen. 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 <laughs> amen. Well, we thank you guys amen. for tuning in tonight and just coming and just, man, I have no Feeding words. Us. Feeding. Yeah, he just like, that's my that's drop. Good. Just go ahead and drop the mic. You'll be all right. <laughs> Pay for it later. But, um... I just, yeah, I'm so grateful to be here. And I just want you guys to remember to tune in next week. And we'll be talking about um, our bodies being the Lord's temple, you know? Yes. So we'll see you guys again next week. Next week. Have some fun tonight. We're going to have some fun tonight. Thank you.
Give you better 